Hello and welcome to the MUS in Focus podcast, the show that brings experiencing politics at Model European Union Strasbourg closer to your ears. Every episode, we bring to the forefront current and former participants or organizers to help you have a better understanding of how the oldest simulation of European politics operates. And now, let's put MUS in focus. My name is Jurinda. I'm a member of the MEUS 2020 content team, and I'm going to interview my colleague Stefan today, who is an expert on the e-commerce topic. Hello, Stefan. Hello there. We are here to enlighten the participants on the legal text they will be discussing about during the simulation. Its full name is Directive of the European Parliament and of the Council on certain aspects concerning contracts for the online and other distant sales of good. We will call it the e-commerce proposal. Stefan, what exactly is meant by e-commerce? Well, e-commerce basically means any kind of sale of goods that is made through or by ordering via the internet, be it via an email, direct on the website, or any other way. So as soon as you buy from a place where not the seller and buyer are at the same time present and you do it via the internet, it counts as e-commerce. It's basically the distant sales uh, sale of goods with the help of the internet. All right. So this means that we are talking about an activity most of the youth do today, which is online shopping. Could you tell me why the EU actually needs a new directive concerning this topic? And why did they choose a directive and not a regulation? So as you already mentioned, most of the youth does this activity or generally most of the quite a huge chunk of the population buys already online but still the potential is much higher for it. One of the basic ideas of the European Union were a single market. The single market was more or less reached already in the analog world with having no borders, having no taxes and so on and so on. But on the digital level, it's still not having its full potential. So there is still room to improve. That's the first point. So most consumers still don't use the possibility of a digital single market in Europe to its fullest potential because they are unsure about certain laws. But that goes also for the sellers, so for the business people. They still don't offer their service in every country of the European Union because there are some differences in the contractual law and on legal requirements which you have to deal with. So you usually try to go into markets which are big because then it's worth it and other markets are not uh, part of your strategy due to these legal differences. And therefore, the European Commission decided we should do something about this. We already have like a couple of legal texts on this. Most of them are 20 years old. So in the 90s, in the end of the 90s, in the early 2000s, there were already some um, legal texts regarding e-commerce. And now, after 20 years, we decided, yes, we need some change because uh, the voting with the Internet kind of expanded and exploded. So we need to get new laws in which would fulfill the new digital age and help Europe stay on top of its game. So 
the question about the directive and not the regulation, I mean, it's a bit um, confusing because in the recital, it's mentioned that they would like to have a full harmonization on certain points. But then they don't go with the regulation, but they go with the directive. The reason for going with the directive is that but they still want to leave the member states freedom in certain aspects. So, for example, in contract law per se, they don't want to force member states to change the way the contract law works at their place, at their state. So, the variables for having a contract or the reasons how you build a contract stay the same, but it want, uh, but it brings a harmonization for remedies, for the hierarchy of remedies. What does it mean is that you have a certain set of rules which applies over all of Europe or over all of the European Union when it comes down to remedies. And this should help and strengthen the single digital market. So that's more or less why they decided to go with the directive. And one of the main points for the regulation is, as I mentioned, the hierarchy of remedies. So when, when do you have remedies, so when are remedies applicable, what kind of remedies do you have, and the modalities of remedies. So I think that's it, or do you have any more questions on this point? You just really quick explain uh, for those who don't know what the difference between a directive and a regulation is. Oh yeah, sure. So a regulation means that you have a fully harmonized legal text. What does it mean is that the legal text, it has to be done in a certain way. So the, you have a certain way in which you have to do it. So you don't have any playing field as a state to decide, okay, I don't want to have five years, I want to have three years on, it, on any stuff like that. With a directive, you still have certain options how you want to execute it. You just have a certain goal which you have to reach. So sometimes, it leads to gold plating. Sometimes it leads to having not as strict laws as some might want, but it, it's more freedom for the state, like for the member states. So yeah. All right. Um, considering these motives that have driven the authors to draft this proposal, would you say they have succeeded in taking up those points and? What is the actual content and what is the actual like the practical application? Of the All proposal. Right. So I would start with a practical application because I am a big fan of this legal text due to its highly relevance in daily life. So look, you buy some item via the internet, right? So let's say you buy a furniture through the internet. Now the furniture arrives at your place, but you have to put the furniture together by yourself. So what does this furniture have to have when it arrives at your place? It has to have an installation guide and maybe some tools which are required to build this furniture, right? So that's like quality and conformity of the goods. So if it doesn't have these things, you already can apply some remedies. So let's go with, with the point that it has all these things. So now you get it and you start building this furniture and the question is, which is still open in, in many member states, that if you build a furniture or any, any kind of good based on an installation guide and it goes wrong, 
who's re reliable for that? So can you have remedies against the seller? And this new legal text clearly says, yes, you can if you build the furniture according to the installation guide. So it triggers the remedies. So what kind of remedies do you have? So first of all, a repair remedy. So the seller has to repair the goods which was sent to you in a certain time. If it's not doable, not makeable, because it would be too expensive, it would take too long and so on and so on, then you have the right to change the goods. So you have to get a new good. And in the worst case scenario, if it's like completely bad and everything went wrong, then you can uh, cancel the contract and get your money back. So those are the remedies which is which it wants to harmonize over all Europe that as a seller, I know if I mess up, these are the remedies every consumer in the European Union has. And as a consumer, I know if the seller messes up, these are the remedies I have. Another important point is about the quality of the goods. So let's stay with the furniture example. I buy a chair, right? Chairs are made for sitting on them. I think we can all agree on that. But as you know, most people use chairs also for other things. For example, you step on the chair to get stuff from higher upper places, like a regal or on the, uh, any other furniture. So now the question is, if the chair breaks while you are stepping on it, was it your fault or was it of bad quality? And this text says, if it's something an usual consumer would do with this item or with this good and it breaks then it's a case of remedies like it triggers the remedies because the quality wasn't fulfilled of the item or of the good what's interesting about this um, legal text as well is the fact that it doesn't aim on services it aims only in goods and then at certain points where it says if you buy a good and it's on a USB stick or on DVD, then this law isn't applicable on the item on which you transport is digital goods. So that's kind of interesting, I have to say. So to sum it up, it defines the quality, like the quality criteria, when is a remedy triggered and what kind of remedies do you have? All right. Uh, apart from the rules on conformity and non-conformity of the the products, would you say there's something that isn't included, but that should be? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, for example, in the recitals, it starts with all the digitalization questions, but then it doesn't have any point which would kind of regulate or set the rules for software updates, for example, because as you all know, if you buy a smartphone nowadays, there's a certain time limit how long you get as the update of the software. And after that, the smartphone is still usable, but there is a high danger of um, cyber attacks and so on and so on. But it doesn't have any word on this. So maybe some countries or some political groups might be interested in protecting the consumer more or having more transparency in this regard as well. And maybe propose a, some kind of regulation or some kind of a new article to it that you have to have updates for a certain part. But then there are also other political groups or states which are on the opposite side and which don't want to have more regulation for the market because it's bad for the businesses. It 
it's bad for the competition on a regular on a digit in the digital age and so on and so on so I think that's one of the points you could have included or they could have included, but they decided not to do it, at least not in the legal text as it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this seems to be a good point that actually could be picked up by MEPs or ministers in order to amend the proposal or to make it more effective. Um, thank you very much, Stefan, for your work and for giving us an insight into the e-commerce topic. Thank you very much. It was a nice talk. <laughs> Now, to all the participants, uh, we wish you good luck with the preparation for the simulation. And if you have any questions regarding the content, um, the content team will be very happy to help you. We will see you very soon in Strasbourg. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye. If you like this episode, please rate us on the platform you are using. Share the podcast and tell a friend about it. Until next time on MUS In Focus.